0: welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast,
1: where our goal is to declare the lordship of Jesus Christ over every area of our lives. And boy, we have a lot to talk about today. I hope you're finding this helpful. You know, we were just chatting in, in our uh, our series that we're doing right now, Undefeated, yeah. uh, uh, a series we started a couple of weeks ago at Living Stones, really highlighting just the greatness of God, the the, the vic- victorious, you know, resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Yeah. All authority has been given to the Father, all authority is given to the Son. And, uh, and just kind of rehearsing from a biblical worldview why the gospel is good news. And that's really the, the heartbeat behind this podcast is that each week you get some healthy uh, doses of the, and I, I say this unashamedly, the superiority yeah. of the Christian worldview. I mean, if, if the Christian worldview comes from God and it comes from His ideas, about life and in other words you know we share Sunday you know the real question of human history is who gets to narrate who, who's telling the story whose story is it is it man's story uh, or is it God's story and of course we know that this is God's story and so when God's telling the narration our job is to find our place within the story and, uh, and when you hear God narrate about how life is supposed to be lived when he speaks he gives his commandments he, he shares his ideas if we embrace those ideas and apply those ideas and practice those ideas, we're gonna experience life to the fullest. And so that's what I love about this podcast is basically every week we're saying, hey, this is why you need to listen to the Bible and embrace God's truth, because it leads to the best life possible and the best societies, best government, best everything. Yeah, and
0: we're trying to filter through some some of the malaise of our culture to present a hopeful future. You know, a lot of doom and gloom, uh, within conservative or Christian circles, and that's just yeah. simply not the, not our worldview. Yeah, a lot of people are distressed. they they feel hopeless for good reason. I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. why their jobs are being threatened. All these different things. I get all that, and so we yeah. want to provide hope. You know, the message of the gospel is the message of hope. Absolutely, so. and, and we believe we should be prisoners
1: of hope. We believe that the joy of the Lord and the peace from God Almighty should rule and reign in our hearts. And yeah. and so hopefully today we just help. Uh, oh, help learn to turn our phone off so nobody calls <laughs> like me. A little reminder there. Uh, but anyway, hopefully today we will, we will feed you some hope and, uh, and some truth. And really we want to resource you because, um, you know, this is something Living Stones believes in and practices and uh, we're big about is that, you know, the gospel is relevant. Now, we don't let, we don't let the newspapers determine what we preach on on Sunday. Uh, that, would be, that would be the cart driving the horse. But we also come against kind of this approach today that, that the Bible only talks about getting people's hearts saved. You know, we should be addressing for our people what the Bible has to say about what we're all facing. Yeah. And you know, this last uh, week, in fact, on I guess it's been a little longer now, uh, September the 9th, President Biden announced a new executive action concerning COVID-19 vaccines. According to the president's plan, all employers with more than 100 employees must require their workers to be vaccinated or submit to weekly COVID-19 testing. And businesses that do not comply with this rule can be fined up to $14,000, not flat fee, that's per violation. So this was a a stunning uh, mandate by our president. In fact, what was most stunning is it represented a reversal
0: to what was previously said by his own press secretary. Yeah, he's promised for months that they were, they weren't going to do this, and as recently as July, this is what um, his press secretary said, Jen. How do you say her last name? Psaki? Yeah, Psaki, whatever. She responded, can we mandate vaccine across the country? No, that is not the role, not a role that the federal government, I think, even has the power to make. Okay, so so his old press secretary is basically already saying weeks
1: ago, mm-hmm. no, uh, the government doesn't have the power to do this. Yeah. And now we're seeing this rapid reversal, which it, it's kind of funny because we just did a series on integrity. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a violation.
0: <laughs> well, let's analyze that statement real quick. She just says, back as, as early as July, um, that that is not the role of the government. So right now, for him to mandate this, what is he, by by her own admission, yeah. what is he saying? He's saying, we by my mandate, not passed by Congress, right. by a presidential mandate, by a guy, by one person's mandate, he is saying, you know what, I'm gonna su- supersede the proper role of government, by his own mission. Right. Just put logic together, right? right. By by their own mission, they are going out of the bounds of government. What the role of government is, right? So that's his own word, not so, mine. And so we've got we've got, of course, CEOs and
1: you know and and uh, owners of a businesses with more than a hundred employees that are now faced with some serious decision making. Yeah, uh, but then we have people,
0: go ahead. I was gonna say is, and what I, what I really is annoyed by this because oh, there's a lot of reasons why I was getting fired this morning. You know, they're using the OSHA or to kind of go around. It's like a, they use like a workplace safety thing. But what this does is really cause a lot of tension between business owners. I work with a lot of business owners. Yeah. Business owners and uh, their employees. Because the business owners are put in a hard place, sure. right? Sure. So it's like because their employee can say, "Hey, you you have a choice. You can just pay this fifteen thousand dollar fine per per incident, per instance, which is which, a lot of money, which is which is designed to drive you out of drive a business, business if right? You're not going to pay." So so instead of going directly and mandate the people and put and because he knows you'll get pushed back on that, he's targeting the employee the employers. Sure, and, 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 and the same thing watch. by the way, just
1: to interject, we're dealing yeah. with the same kind of issues
0: with our. School boards. There's a
1: lot of great school board members that are saying, look, we don't want to do all this uh, protocol stuff. We don't believe it that it's the scientific way or that it even makes common sense. Mm-hmm. But there's coercive pressure put by government again on schools to comply or else. Uh, and usually it's a financial, uh, you know. Uh, Penalty or something okay, like right. that. So, so the point is, the problem in all these scenarios, there's one common denominator, yeah. and I've been preaching this for a long time, and that's an overintrusive, overreaching, bloated, power-hungry, control-based government that's that's putting its tentacles in more and more of our business, right. whether it's in schools, whether it's in homes, whether it's the medical community. Uh, and the problem
0: is, if you trace the,
1: the source all the
0: way back, it's government. We have yeah. a government problem here. And, and just be, there's so much we can talk about, even that. But just before we move on, you know, if you say, hey, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to help people understand that they need to get it themselves. Okay? I mean, as a parent, I'm not saying government's our parent, I'm not making that parallel yeah. Yeah. right now. But as a parent, you deal with, that with your kids. You're like, you know, I say to my kids, I'm trying to teach them maturity. I say, hey, I want to, you to make this choice. I'm not gonna force you. I wanna make, have you make hopefully the right choice. Right. Now, as a dad, integrity says when they make the wrong choice because I promised them, again, I'm not saying vaccinated or not vaccinated is right or wrong choice. My point is integrity is when my son makes a wrong choice, I am not gonna force him to make the right choice because I want him to learn the consequences of it. That's integrity because I promised them. I said, I'm not gonna force you to do that. Yeah. So for him, for these guys to say, you know what? We said no, but since you guys aren't doing with well the way I want to right. go, the way I want to, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the, heart, the strong hand of government on you to force you. That to me is a lack of integrity, which I think every parent can understand. That yeah, and, and the ripple effects of that are that there's a lot of good people who sh- show up
1: faithfully to work. Some for decades. They're not sick. They're simply trying to live out um, what they believe is best for them. Uh, and make the choices that are best for them and their family. And we're, con- we're confronted with this. You know, Monday is our uh, vaccination letter day. I mean, that's when we encourage people to call the office. And on Monday, we try to put it all yeah. in one eight-hour day. Uh, and we create letters for a host of people. And yet, you know, just yesterday, again, I, I, I signed another probably 150 letters. We're, we're approaching the 1,000-letter mark as a church family here was just simply providing conscience protection and religious liberty letters for people who are being uh, coerced, threatened with job loss, you know, fined, and basically hassled uh, in every way possible and, and pushed to get this vaccination, which they don't want to get. And, and we've said before, we're not, this podcast isn't about anti-vaccine, pro-vaccine. Right. That's not the issue. The issue for us has always been
0: uh, religious liberty and freedom of conscience. And it's basically, when you enforce, when you force someone to do that, I mean, I see it with my own kids. When I force them to make the right decision, again, I'm not saying taking the vaccine is the right decision here. What what that does is they might comply, but in them there's a loss of freedom, there's a loss of, just uh, their spirit gets tampered. It's just not good for people to do that. And there's a rebellion that kind of surges eventually. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that across America. There's a, a there's lot of. It's not good government, especially when you promise something and then you go the other way just because you don't get what you want. You lose credibility left and right. You yeah, know? Absolutely. I, I talked to a young lady who called me up who was like, I'm forced to take this vaccine and i asking, requesting for a letter. She, she's like, I'm trying to get, you know, we're trying to have kids. My husband and I are trying to have kids. And right now, we don't know what that's gonna do in that process. That,
1: that's the question you know, everybody on the one side is pushing the vaccine, says, oh, you need to understand the science. There's no yeah. threat there. But the problem is we have no long-term studies on this vaccination. She, uh, women at childbearing age uh, are concerned because they don't know what, what the outcome is going
0: she, to be. She should have the right to make her own decision Absolutely. about these crucial things that might be reversible. Again, we're not saying it's right or wrong. We don't know the science behind it. Um, you know, no long-term study. But for her, there's a deep fear to take this vaccine, and yeah. she has to she has to face that to have a job. That's not yeah. fair. And that, and we see that multiplied a thousand times over just
1: in our context. So how much more is America struggling with Absolutely. with this situation right now? And and again, we've all we said all along. Simply allowing people to make the choices best for them is the win-win solution here. Yeah. Um, when you force, and 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 we're looking at right now, 100 million people impacted by our president's edict, which is what it is. There's, there's no, there's, it's not been passed through the normal course of passing laws. This is just him trying to, to find some way, and he's going to as you said, through OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which is a division of the Department of Labor. So he's going uh, around the, 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 uh, the bush here to try to figure out what he can do to mandate something uh, for which there really is no legal basis. So here's the question we want to deal with today and hopefully help you. If you're one of these folks that are faced with these very unpleasant challenges uh, and unpleasant decisions, how are we to respond as Christians to this sweeping uh, vaccination mandate that came from the President of the United States? What are we to do with this? And I came across a really good blog from our friends at the Family Research Council uh, that's going to provide just a template for us to kind of banter back and forth uh, because we want to give you, you know, five considerations, five areas to kind of to wrestle with as you're trying to make decisions from a biblical Christian you know, worldview right. perspective. Right. You know, the first thing that has been brought up is legal concerns. And you know, Pastor Andrew, you and I just t- touched on that. Um, there are many people who believe that the president's actions are simply unconstitutional. Yep. Yeah. Um, in other words, he has no authority to do that. He he cannot he cannot just make that up, so to speak, and then put that on on most Americans. And let me just mention: as soon as that happened, there was an immediate response from governors and from attorneys general who are
0: simply saying. This is this is overreach. Yeah, you have governors who are like I'm I'm for this vaccine. I'm, I'm uh, That's not the issue here. The issue is Taking that step to say I'm gonna enforce it mandate fine businesses. Yeah, who aren't doing this? That's that's not who we are as as Americans. And, and let me just say this too. when, when, when
1: a piece of, of uh, Again, I was gonna say piece of legislation, but this isn't even legislation. No, this yeah. is just a mandate when a mandate is so controversial that you have half the governors in America against it and half the attorneys general against it and lawsuits are being filed left and right. I can assure you that that's not the way our system was set up and that this is going to fail in the courts. Uh, And sometimes you just have to wait for this thing to play out. I was talking to a good attorney friend of ours who was saying that he really encourages anybody who is being faced with this kind of coercive pressure, like get the jab or lose your job, to get a letter and file that letter so that it is on, um, you know, your your employee and uh, your employee folder, you know, at portfolio. work. yeah, yeah. So that so that those folks are accountable that you went through the proper routes, you exercised your religious liberty, you filed a letter, you tried to appeal, and you were turned down, which again I would argue is a violation of your uh, of your rights. Uh, And again, some of of this just has to, you got to be patient because it's got to work its way out. But one strong argument is that this mandate is full of legal concerns um, and that that it will eventually be defeated and we can only hope so. But the second one deals with a larger area. And I think this is a good one for us to get into on the podcast today because the other concern deals with the role of
0: government. Yeah, and people throw this at you a lot, saying, hey, Romans 13, you're supposed to uh, no, submit to the government you know or because government is under god's authority and so forth so what was your what was your typical yeah. response
1: to and, and this to, this really is is the main approach you Now, people some of employers are saying give us scripture and verse where does the bible say you should never get a vaccine well that's not our argument at all the the, the bible doesn't say we should never get a vaccine but the bible is very clear about the role of government and in romans chapter 13 uh, it delineates the primary purpose of government, which is to punish evil and to promote righteousness. In other words, government's the sword, government's the, the, the paddle that says this is wrong and punishes you if you continue in wicked and evil behavior and rewards you, blesses you uh, when you're living in a righteous way. So we get into simply the, the role of government right now and saying, why is the government punishing good people for simply choosing uh, not to take a certain you know, health choice or a certain direction in, uh, uh, regarding their medical choices. But it really gets back to, to, and this is good Christian worldview, it gets back to what I have called, and uh, not I have called, but I've repeated, called the spheres of authority. This actually came from a Dutch theologian, <clears throat> uh, Abraham Kuyper, and Abraham Kuyper is a great Christian thinker, and, and what he uh, communicated from the scriptures is what we've repeated here in a number of settings, but it bears repeating again. God has created three, or actually four spheres of government. There's the individual, and so there's self-government, which should be the strongest form of government, self-government. Then there's the family, when a husband and wife come together and they they have children, uh, that unit has authority that other units don't have. And then you have the church. So in other words, there's ecclesiastical authority. There's decisions that the church makes, for instance, that the government has no business making. And, and, and let me say this loudly and clear, this is why we at Living Stones have made the determination that we will never close our doors again because that's not the government's job to tell the church, <coughs> excuse me, how to run her business. In other words, that's not the authority of the, of the government, whether it's federal, state, or local, to tell the church you can or cannot meet you can or cannot open your doors. You can or cannot uh, social distance. You must wear masks. You can't take communion. You can't sing songs without a mask over your face. This, as the government, has zero authority over those issues. Those are those are church authority issues, and those are decisions that the that leadership in the local churches make. And then you have your your government, local, state, federal, and there is a legitimate realm of authority that is given to the government. So the, as the issue at hand here with these. Uh, vaccination mandates is, who says? And that's an important question. Who says? You know, when you <coughs> ask the question, who says, you're not being rebellious. You're, you're actually being astute. You're, you're, you're a thinking free person. And when you ask the question, well, you must get a mandate, a vaccination is mandated. The question is, does the federal government have the authority <coughs> to force the citizens to make those decisions uh, for them. In other words, the government's acting like your parent here, like your dad or your mom saying, no, you're going to do this. Or are those decisions that are reserved either for the individual or for the family? And we've argued all along. This is clearly, and this is the approach that I take in those those religious liberty letters or, or, or freedom of conscience letters is we're saying, you know what, this is not your employer's job to determine uh, your medical choice is for you. That's your responsibility before God, and that is a theological argument. It's based here on Kuiper's understanding of sphere authority, and understanding as well that this is important, that the state's authority is a derivative authority. The government does not have absolute power. They are not autonomous. If they were, the government would become God. And I keep reminding an American culture today that is drifting. Uh, from our understanding of freedom and liberty that's rooted in a judeo-christian worldview that the state is under the authority of god the state has never been put on an equal plane or on a plane separate and and kind of a secular uh, autonomous place that is idolatry Uh, so the state does not have absolute authority when when our president says i'm mandating this we should be saying, "Who do you think you are? You're not the king. You're not. You're not a, an evil dictator, and you don't have the the power before God because your power comes from God to punish people, to force people to lose their livelihoods and to lose their 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 future, to lose their five, their four hundred one k's and everything else, uh, their careers simply because you have an idea that you think is what's best for everybody else." And so, this is a very very um, important position. We have to honor God and we have to honor the authorities that he's created. Well, history has
0: shown that when we have treated government as God, it has not turned out well for that nation no, absolutely, so over and over again. Absolutely. And we're, still, we're still trying to recover from those mistakes, still trying to remember those history lessons. So absolutely, we need to keep government accountable. I said, you're not God. And, 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 and you bring up a good point.
1: We have to look at history because every time government acts like god the result is not greater freedom and blessing and you know we're seeing this set all the time you know government hey we're doing this for you uh we had one of our uh, employees who wrote uh, uh president biden a letter of concern and he got back one of those nice form letters mm-hmm. and i wanted to, to vomit when i read the letter because here's the tone of the letter we're the government we know what's best we're the, we're the experts and if people don't want to comply then we have to force you to comply that's a dangerous precedent man you go down that place yeah we're gonna for because you are stupid andrew you you don't know what's the best choice for you you're not an expert we're the experts So we're
0: gonna do what's best for you. Yeah, come to this concentration. I mean, again, I don't, want, I don't, want, I don't want to go there because I don't want to make light of that. Yeah. But the point is that train of thinking leads to all kind of tyranny throughout the history of mankind. Absolutely. And, and and true statesmen understand even if they're doing what they consciously believe is correct, they understand the slippery slope of power, and they need to resist it. To say if if we start to condescend and say everyone else idiot, we're smarter than everyone else, yeah. we're going down the same path of all these, again, I, again, I'm not trying to make light of the Holocaust or whatever. I, my point is that, that, that level of thinking is so dangerous Oh, you look at history.
1: It's, it's arrogant. I mean, because here's what they're saying. You know, people in general are stupid and we can't make our own, disaster. that's why, you know, we have to have, uh, we have to have on social media, you know, um, the, the disclaimers, because they just assume that Americans are dumb and we can't figure things out. We can't do our own research. Um, and here's the interesting thing. There's always an elite group of social planners under socialism and communism, mm-hmm. who they somehow can escape stupidity that the rest of us are bound in. They're gonna rise above it. And they're the ones that are the enlightened ones who are able to see things clearly and they're gonna help all of us morons you know, navigate life. Yes. And I mean, it is the height of arrogance And it is an illegitimate form of government, and it's the job of the citizens to say thank you, but I can think for myself, I can research for myself, and I can function and live as a free person under God
0: and make decisions without your help. So thank you. And guess what, like, you know what, so uh, here's an example I wanna give. Like the previous organization I worked with, Innoculous example, you know, incentivize us to take care of health by by giving us some extra money to our health savings account, by um, giving uh, annual exams. I'll be real. I I take good care of my body. I exercise. I eat yep. well. I hate going to the doctors. So, if it weren't for that incentives, I would never go get a medical exam. Let's, let's talk
1: about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what they're trying to do is they're trying to save some money, and, yep. they, and they they're actually you know g- going and getting an examination yep. can help expose right. maybe a. An illness or something. Right. Catch it early. Sure. And, and, and we poli- would... it makes sense. Good policy or whatever. But that's very different. Right. And let me just say this. Yeah. yeah. The suggestion is yeah. legitimate. Legitimate. Absolutely. But
0: you can but if incentivize you to do it. If they force you, then they've crossed the line. And then that's something completely different. Okay. Because where do where you where do you stop that line? How about how about I say, you know what? I'm force you to no longer eat potato chips. Right. Because potato chips. Causes blah 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 blah. I love eating chips. I'm well, trying, and by I'm the way, quit, the, but, yeah. the
1: governor or mayor of New York, not too long ago, um, uh, you know, got all the Seven Elevens with the oh, big gulps, big right? Gulps. And and so the government comes out and says yeah. it's illegal to buy a big gulp. In yeah. other words, you are not allowing you to buy that much of a soft drink and consume it, yeah. uh, you know, in in one setting. Again, they argued that this was based on health. But the question again is who says, who, who are you to tell me I can't drink, you know, Pepsi? You know, like where did government come up with the crazy idea that that's- And that, this ties into about? how
0: science becomes God because they have these studies that show everything. And again, from a scientific background, I realize science is as biased as so many different things. The right. peer and review process- is, Yeah,
1: science is not biased. It's the it's Be recognizing the right.
0: interpretation right. of that science is, always has a bias because human beings interpret it. And, and even the word science has a little bit of meaning. So I, I'm not going to go there. My point is, where do you stop the line of, of saying harming people, hurting people? Where is that line? And that's a that's a that's a vibrant debate that we can have. Yeah. That debate is not solved by just throwing a mandate out there and say, I'm going to mandate you to make this. To, to make to i to, am I'm gonna make this decision. This very, very personal to inject a foreign substance in your body. This very personal decision, I'm gonna make it for you. Yeah. I'm gonna make your employer make it you know make it for you. So okay.
1: So this leads to a third really, really critical argument that we need to be aware of, and that's the, the political concerns that are attached to this mandate. Now now here's here's what I want you to think about. This mandate is now being forced upon, as I mentioned, 100 million citizens. If the president of the United States can simply uh, write a mandate, and an and edict, a, a governmental fiat, executive action order, or whatever, and make that uh, enforceable or impacting the lives of 100 million Americans without Congress, without any input from the citizens, um, total top-down, this is, this is nothing short of, a, of an edict from, from a tyrant, all right? Uh, what does that speak of in terms of the larger concerns about politics
0: and our American form of government? Yeah. What precedents are you setting for this?
1: Yeah, What's the, and, and, and if, the, if he can do that, the bigger question we should be asking is, what can't the president do if he could do this to impact, you know, nearly a third of our nation, right? Yeah. Um, what's
0: outside of the scope of political power? Again, I mean, again, not saying, talking about the validity of the vaccine at all. These hundred million people or so, whoever who, who who don't want to get vaccinated, is there a reason they're doing this? Are they just being petulant children? Are they just, or or do they have something a concern that you might not understand? Yeah. Or is there an agenda? There's, you know, or is there an agenda? I mean, when our yeah, president this last speech, you know, and
1: and uh, I just read the comments. I didn't watch it because I can hardly tolerate and understand listening to anything that's coming out of Washington these days. But, but he basically threatened Americans. Uh, Like, we've had enough, our patience is wearing thin. Almost like an angry parent, you know? Like, clean up your room or else uh, take out the trash or I'm gonna paddle you. I mean, it, it, it did not sound like an American president. It sounded, again, like a petty dictator. And, um, and we shouldn't tolerate this. We're, we're, we're not, the government doesn't take care of us. The government serves us. It's a government by the people for the people. So, so we have to hold them accountable and remind them that we don't need their help in certain areas like making medical decisions and going to work and figuring out how to, how to live our lives. And so I'm just saying this should be a massive red flag to us because if we allow a, a president to get away with this top-down, heavy-handed, abusive kind of uh, use of power, uh, where does it stop? And we're seeing crazy stuff right now in Australia, uh, where people are in total lockdowns, where they have apps on their phone, they have to check in. If the government contacts you, you have to tell them where you are. It's like government-sponsored babysitting, um, punishing you if you leave your house. I mean, it, it is so tyrannical. And you might be thinking, well, you know, Pastor, that's not what's happening in America. Well, when, the, when they can get away with a hundred, uh, a mandate that impacts 100 million of us with yeah. no pushback, what's on
0: the horizon? It, that's the scary and, thing. And, and my whole thing is like, look at the history of human, human history, human nature, human governments. Yep. That's that. What you described tends to be more of the spirit of. Uh, the, the, if you look at history as a whole, than then our recent modern freedom we have enjoyed. Oh, absolutely. We have taken for granted. I mean, the slippery side to tyranny is so familiar to our human nature. And
1: and, and whenever the government does it, the scary part is they're always doing it for your good. Yep. You know, yep. you're good. Uh, we're doing this for you. Guys. Hey, how many times have we heard this? You know, we're all in this together, which is nonsensical, because there's a total double standard to the elite and the ruling power. Don't even make it into all the people who are uh, exempt from this mandate. And Why are they exempt? Yeah, again, so that's politics too. Or let's not forget... The special you know,
0: interest group that are exempt from We, we, this. we just
1: had uh, college football kickoff and stadiums across America were full of cheering fans and students and uh, and people coming out having a good time at the game, as it should be. So we're having stadiums with 100,000 people cheering and rejoicing and then we've got kindergarten classrooms where we're forcing kids to be social distance and have masks up to their eyeballs Uh, and they're five years old and six years old which is horrific Mm -hmm. so the double standards are everywhere Uh, and the political uh, tainting uh, is everywhere and uh, and we need to be aware that there's a lot of politics involved in all this uh, covid uh, response let's get to the fourth one Uh, which is conscience concerns, and and these are really big. You know, when uh, a lot of Christians are saying right now, well, there's really nothing in the Bible that should cause our consciences to be concerned about this mandate. There's even some, you know, we had some people that just came back from this, the state of Tennessee where they were going to churches down there, and pastors were standing up from the pulpit, encouraging all their people, go get vaccinated. In fact, some churches won't let people come and worship unless they're vaccinated. So. Here we've got a split even in the body of Christ as far as how this is being uh, responded to. But let's get back to the the issue of conscience. Christian people believe that God created us with a conscience that is designed to be like an internal regulator. It, it, it's you know when we do wrong things or, or um, we're tempted to, to do something that's wrong, our conscience goes off. It, it says, you know what that's not the right thing. We lose our sense of peace. Um, we, we have that internal voice that corresponds to the heart and the character in the law of God. And the Bible says that whatever we do that's not rooted in faith is sin. Yeah, that's in the scriptures. For a yeah. believer. Like, yeah. so, so if you're praying and you're like, you know what, should I receive this vaccine? and you don't have peace about it. Here's what I want you to understand. It's not the government's job to, t- to make you write out a description of how you wrestle with your conscience and why why you yeah. feel like this is That's wrong. a
0: real conscience issue. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, when you, here, here, here this, should, this should be suffice, all right, in this situation. I don't feel comfortable getting this vaccine. I do not consent to it, yeah. Period. Yeah. Well, but why don't you feel comfortable? I just don't feel comfortable. That's called conscience. And, and your conscience, our, our founding fathers believed that the conscience was completely off limits to government. In other words, your conscience is ruled by God. That's, that's where you and God Almighty have your discussion and, and you do business. And government does not have any, any input into your conscience. Uh, and this is an important distinction because this puts a limit on the role of government. And it says, stay out of the realm of religious liberty and conscience because that area is sacred ground and you don't belong there. But that's been yeah. trampled on right and, now.
0: And the founding fathers understand the, the slippery side of tyranny. They just experienced it themselves. So they put tons of checks and balances and we, hear, we learn check and balance of the three branches of government. But there's other check, checks and balances such as federalism, state and federal government, such as you know uh, First Amendment. Yep. And one of the powerful checks is conscience. Yep. Because I mean, talk about putting all these different uh, alarms in place to make sure the government stays in the. I mean, it's not a perfect battle. Some people abuse it, but the point is, you put these different place things in place to 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 hold the government back. Right, and like you said, have there been abuses
1: to the principle? Yes, but by and large, those abuses are worth putting up with for the sake of the larger principle, which is keep yeah. the government out of my business. Yep. And um, and that's why we've had HIPAA laws and some of these kinds of things which basically say it's not my employer's job or the government's job to be messing with the private, personal, medical decisions that are between me and God. Yeah. Uh, and again, when someone's telling you, you must get this vaccination or you're going to lose your job uh, and someone's conscious to say, but I'm not comfortable with this, then the Bible would tell you, follow your conscience. Do what your conscience is saying is right. Yeah. And tell government back off. Now, we're having to fight for this right now because our government's so godless and so secular, and our culture's drifting away from a biblical worldview. These used to be things that everybody understood right. and everybody accepted. Well, we've got some work to do because everybody doesn't understand this and everybody's not accepting this. Um, but I do want to say this you know, I have a stack of letters. Like I said, we're approaching a thousand of these. By and large, most employers are accepting these letters. We are having some uh, sectors where are saying sorry, we're just not gonna honor uh, your religious liberties or your conscience protection. That's some very dangerous ground because the, the, the foundational political uh, document in our country is called the Constitution and we have constitutional protections that are strong and, they, and they're several hundred years old. So these are strong precedents. And I would just say, you know, if you're facing a, a, a bureaucracy that's telling you, sorry, we're not gonna honor your conscience, that is scary, scary ground uh, for anyone to be standing on
0: and, from and, a legal perspective. And I just want to say from, from the standpoint of uh, when, when someone is forced to do something against their conscience, the damage that's done to their personhood is tremendous. Absolutely. From a pastor standpoint, you know, it's tremendous. I, I just think if I was forced to do something against my conscience, even if I did it, even outwardly, I keep my job, whatever, the devastation is done to a person's spirit, their confidence, their self-esteem, anxiety, fear. It's a tremendous, tremendous damage. And people don't understand that. They're just like, oh, we all we care about is your physical health. What about your emotional health? Yep. I mean, this whole COVID episode for the last couple of years is we're ignoring mm-hmm. mental health. So this is not something just to scoff at, for someone to do something against their will, they're compelled, they're forced into it. That's serious business.
1: Yeah, and, there's, and I'm, I'm, we're dealing with marriages that are experiencing stress because maybe the husband's job, yeah. uh, he's being threatened and the wife's like, no, I don't want you to get this vaccination. I'm concerned about it. Because you know, what we're finding out with older population, there's some side effects that are not good. Uh, we've had people who experienced stroke, heart attack. In fact, what, let's just say this, that the media has not been true. Uh, and authentic and transparent
0: when it comes to reporting well, the, the negative side effects. That's like, the other problem. There's a, there's a record low confidence in our government and our media. Yeah, there's so an you, agenda clearly being pushed. So you throw all that in there, and then you're like, "Well, you guys are you guys are being crazy." It's like, no, that is a fundamental lack of trust right now. Yeah. that's not because of me. I'm not trying to be yeah. divisive. So our president's uh,
1: rating is at an all-time low for presidents, uh, the history of presidents. Uh, there's very little trust or credibility there, and then you just go right down the line. In fact, and we're also we have very little trust in most of the government agencies, whether it's the FBI, the State Department, these health organizations, and all that. They, they, it just stinks to high heaven with what's coming out, and people have people have every legitimate right to have a check. You know, I don't have peace about it. Well, that I don't have peace about it. That's called your conscience, and you should be able to follow your conscience in America. Let's get to the last one because this is a big one, and um, and this is this is one that I think is a, it, probably perhaps the strongest argument, and that's all the concerns related to abortion. This uh, vaccine, in fact, both the vaccines, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine, and also Moderna and the Moderna, yeah, have a uh, uh, a clear. Uh, attachment to the use of aborted uh, cell lines. Uh, Apparently, when they're testing it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and let me just say this: for, this for 2,000 years, Christians have had legitimate concerns about the issue of abortion. That abortion is wrong. The taking of innocent human life. We should have nothing to do with it. We should have, you know, our hands should be clean of it. Um, and when you uh, find out, as the research uh, affirms, um, that these uh, where abortion derived cell lines that were used in the development, production, and the testing of these vaccines. In and of itself, right there, you draw a line, and a Christian in clear conscience could say, I don't want to be a part of anything that is attached to abortion. End of discussion. That's, that's over. Talk about consistency. That's 2,000 years of church history where, where Bible believing Christians have recognized in the sanctity of human life and how evil it is when we allow uh, babies to be murdered uh, on the altar of, of convenience which is what we're seeing happen today in America so uh, there are many who are who are approaching it from that standpoint and just saying it's it so another
0: another perspective yeah. yeah it is and
1: and again so we've given you five arguments today um, none of which Christians necessarily agree wholeheartedly on all five. But there are five areas that you at least need to consider uh, that are some backing for the choices that you're making. And I just want to encourage, you You know, there may be some of you that have to just stand up on the basis of conviction and principle and conscience. And you might end up losing the job that you're in. Now, again, I would say stay in the fight. Don't don't do what Pastor Andrew said and cave in and all of a sudden, you know, violate your conscience just for a paycheck um, because that's, that in and of itself is damaging. You know, your integrity matters, your, your convictions matter, your values matter, and the sanctity of your conscience before God, you know, matters. I think the whole point, you know, with conscience is we're going to stand before God someday yeah. and we're going to give an account for our lives. And, you know, you want to go before God with a clean conscience. Now, even as I'm saying this, I realize that some of you are saying, well, pastor, my conscience is not going to pay my bills, you know, um... Don't fall into a materialistic, godless, secular way of thinking. I want to encourage you that if you're a believer, and we've talked about the kingdom, uh, the Lord may be using this situation to do a number of things. I think there's going to be a number of folks that go into business for themselves. I think there's going to be a number of people that are going to shift into um, a different job or even a different calling that the Lord is totally behind and what the enemy meant for your destruction, God's actually going to turn it into something for your blessing. That's the promise we have as believers is that in all things, God's working together for his glory and for the good of his people. So we want to encourage you. And there's another reason be, be plugged into a local church right now, because I keep telling people, you don't have to go through this alone. We, we gathered around a, a couple on Sunday night who are facing these horrific kind of, you know, pressures. And, um, and, you know, he's a talented man. He's got an amazing training uh, in the medical field. And um, and we gathered around him and we prayed for him. And we said, look, you know, first of all, God's in charge. Secondly, you're not alone because you have, you have the family, you have the body of Christ here. And we're going to stand with you, even to the point of helping people financially, if, if this puts them in a financial hardship. So anyway, these are important, important ideas. I don't know if you got a final reflection.
0: Yeah, I think this. The, the wrestling of your conscience is very personal. I mean, I, you know, again, yeah. that is sacred ground. And I, I encourage you guys to everyone, you have to wrestle with the Lord, you know? Yeah. Wrestle like Jacob did, yeah. wrestle in your conscience. But once the Lord speaks, act, you know, again, we're not saying go one way or another. We're saying your conscience, your, your conscience uh, your conscience, your your word, your intimacy with the Lord is a sacred ground. Absolutely. That's not for government to intrude. That's right. And we have to protect that because again, I mentioned this over and over, over again, the slippery slide of tyrannical government is part of human nature. We're seeing it over and over again. Just recently, in, in right now in Lake County, we had um, there was a there was a um, a board meeting or, or county, county, yeah, county council meeting, yeah. and and it was encouraging. They they decided it wasn't a, it was about masks and stuff like that. But the point wasn't even about masks. It was whether is their decision or we're gonna let the school boards decide. Right. And wisely, this, the Lake County whatever uh, council counsel, counsel, voted that is not their decision to make.
1: And that takes humility. Know, government, we need. we need humble government leaders who realize you know what that's not our decision. Right. That, that's out of the scope of our authority. Hey, we'd like to take that power. You know, our, our flesh would like to take, take dominion here, rule yeah. reign. We set
0: the rules. But the, the big question again, who says? That's a question of authority. And this is something that we all, you know, whatever authority we've been given. Like my authority as a pastor, my authority as a leader over some departments of our church, my authority as a dad. These are the things I have to say. Yeah, I might 100% believe this is the right thing, but should I enact it? Is it up to me to enact it? Yeah. Or should I allow someone who's under my authority to make that decision? That's wisdom. Yeah. That's leadership to say that's, even though I truly believe there's all my heart. I think they should make the decision. Yep. That's humility, because I might not be right. And that's godly
1: leadership. That's godly leadership. Uh, err on the side of humility, err on the side of restraint. It's not my and, call to make, um, it's their call. And err on the side of freedom. Let yep. yep. people be free to live their lives before God. Yep. So we, we realize a lot of you watching right now are, are facing some struggles. We wanna pray for you. We also wanna make our help available here at the church you can call the church at 219-663-PRAY, which is 7729, but it's a great way to remember our church number, 663-7729, if we can help you in any way uh, during uh, this this uh, very unpleasant time that we find ourselves in. Uh, but we want to pray for you right now, and I just want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't submitted your life to Christ, now's a really great time. to to let him come in and let his kingdom come in and to lead and guide and provide for you uh, during this season. We need wisdom and we need each other. And most of all, we need the Lord. So Father, I just pray for for men and women, for families who are faced uh, with incredible decisions, for business owners, Lord, who have to navigate around this most recent mandate from our president. And Lord, we pray that you give us courage and conviction and clarity to know how to lead and how to live in the times that we find ourselves. And Lord, we, you, we know that you promised to give us just that. You're gonna give us wisdom and you're gonna show us what to do. And in the end, Lord, we'll be blessed. But I thank you for the privilege that we have to be a blessing as well. So help us bring unity, help us to stand for truth, help us to uh, uh, live uh, in a way that honors freedom. And Lord, help us be unifiers and peacemakers in a culture right now uh, that's clearly divided. So, Father, to you be the glory and honor and praise. And we pray magnify your greatness through us this week in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If this can be helpful to somebody that you know, please share it uh, far and wide, because uh, our goal is to uh, be the biggest blessing we can be to the body of Christ. All right. Have a great week. We look forward to getting back with you on next Thursday.